0: E-Card presents Back Issue Bloodbath with your hosts, Andrew Young and Petula Neal. We come to pay our respects to the King of Spain. Welcome to Back Issue Bloodbath. I'm Andrew Young. I'm Petula Neal. And this week it is a creator spotlight remembering another creator who passed away in 2022. Unfortunately, we've had quite a few greats pass away this year. And uh this one is a lesser known great because he no, hasn't been around as long as the others that we've talked about on the, the show this year, but definitely someone who made his mark. And as Tom Brevort from Marvel Comics, I always referred to him, he was the King of Spain, one of the first Spanish speaking artists to break through at Marvel. And uh we're going to look back at his career, but also I'm going to read some excerpts from Tom Brevort's. November 13th newsletter where he talked about Carlos and his career. Petula, if you could say off the top of your head, what would you say is probably your favorite work by Carlos? For just the art? Yeah, just the art. One of the
1: not greatest books ever, Onslaught. Really? Yeah.
0: His X-Men issues during that time?
1: Yeah, because regardless of what Charles was, whether like full Onslaught, in the chair, masquerading as a small child in order to once again be Captain, still your kid. Uh, he, the menace. He was able to convey the menace of Charles Xavier.
0: Mm, that, that's yeah. kind of that's kind of a deep pull because not a lot of people think about him with onslaught. You know, so to, to, to bring that up, that's pretty interesting. My personal pick is this beauty right here: Avengers Forever. 12-issue series, we're going to get a bit into this later, but it is when I read this, this was like when I came back to comics. In 1998, I hadn't been reading comics for a couple of years. I came back to comics because I heard that things were getting better in the story department and things like that. And so Kurt Busiek and Carlos Pacheco did this amazing 12-issue miniseries about a bunch of time-displaced Avengers who basically have to save the universe. And the artwork in it is just phenomenal. There's some fantastic stuff. Carlos's first work in comics was back in 1991. He uh, started working for uh, a Spanish company that was reprinting Marvel comics in Spanish translation. And he was doing covers and pinups for them. And then he got to do an eight-page backup story titled American Soldier in Marvel Heroes number 41 in 1991. This would lead over the next couple of years to doing some work at Marvel UK, and then finally getting connections across the pond and doing the, I completely forgot that this was a series, a Bishop miniseries in 1993 written by John Ostrander. So that was his first North American work and kind of put him into the Marvel editorial office's you know, for X-Men and Fantastic Four titles for the next few years. Like you mentioned, he did some work on the X-Men during the Onslaught saga and at the same time got to do a little bit of work over at DC with Mark Waid on The Flash. So that's a pretty good, like if you're trying to break into mainstream comics, that's a pretty good couple of years of like getting your face out there.
1: And he wasn't trying to break in. It was his friends that gave his art to other people and that's how he got sort of sideloaded into the industry Yeah, and was just so good that they kept hiring him for more and more stuff yeah Uh, yeah and and one of the things like if you listen there's a a lot of stuff out there by other artists talking about him and his style and how he did certain things really well one of the things that I would say across from his earliest stuff to some of his last things that I found he did people from different backgrounds really well and that 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 Bishop book a lot of People talk about it as their intro to him and his style and how certain body parts he does really well. But in general, I just think that people from different ethnic backgrounds in his stories looked like different. We've talked about some artists that everyone's face looks the same, sort of the the Betty Veronica paradigm, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Not only do people from different backgrounds look like sort of the phenotypes of their region, the, the white people don't all look the same. So he was very good at just bringing, uh, individuality to each character mm. from head to toe. And really, we talk about body parts sometimes. I do. Andrew's classier than I am. I talk about body parts a lot. And yeah, does, does this man do a nice package? Definitely. Like most of his. <laughs> His male <laughs> characters, not Kendall smooth down there and boots love uh, a calf high boot. This man could draw the hell out of a boot. Like even there's in, uh, I forget what story it's in, but there's sort of like the classic strip club shot, even that I'm like, this is great. Like again, cause everyone looks different. Like even the dancers have different outfits, like very different yeah. outfits, even though they're all revealing, but especially I would say people of color, and I think that's why for me that first Bishop story really pops, because Bishop is one of those characters that there's been a lot of I wouldn't even say the debate even within Marvel themselves about his background. Is he indigenous from like if we're thinking kind of Mary, is there like a Filipino? Is there a black situation? Like Bishop has been canonically and then also has been drawn many ways and weirdly the way he draws Bishop, it could still be any of the things that people who identify with Bishop believe mm. he is, which is great.
0: Throughout the 90s, he did a lot of stuff in the X-Men family of books and in the Fantastic Four titles. But then in 1998, that's when Avengers Framework came about. And uh, as I mentioned, Tom Brevoort wrote a, uh, a newsletter after his passing, wrote in his newsletter about the time, and he said that... Uh, He wound up in our editorial office after he expressed a desire to work with Kurt Busiek on a project, a project which grew into Avengers forever. It was actually intended to be another project entirely. I never realized concept called Avengers World in Chains that Carlos and Kurt spent a bunch of time brainstorming on and coming up with characters for at the last minute turned out that a series with a similar premise was going to be launching the month right before world despite the fact that everybody involved knew about it ahead of time. A bunch of frantic work pivoting to an entirely different approach, building a story idea that Kurt had intended to develop later in his Avengers run led to Avengers Forever. series took 15 months to come out, a fact that nobody has cared one iota about since it was completed, and reissued time and again in handsome book collections. This Avengers series, Avengers Forever, has become for Avengers fans quite the touchstone. And they tried to recapture it, like other artists and creators have tried to recapture it with an X-Men Forever series that just didn't pan out the same way. But yeah, it's like this idea of all these different heroes from time. So it's like Captain America, just after he lost faith in the United States. Hawkeye, just after he had done the Goliath run and had traveled across the country with the two-gun kid. Giant Man and the Wasp. From that current time in the comics. But also Yellow Jacket. From the time when Hank Pym thought. That he was. Uh, that he wasn't Hank Pym. That he was better than Hank Pym. Plus Genus Vell, The son of Captain Marvel. From the future. And one of the Thunderbolts from that time. Songbird. Also from the future. When apparently she would join the Avengers. They're all brought together. To stop Kang. Who Kang is basically. Going on the big trip to take out. I can't remember what they're called, but they were basically like these entities that controlled all the universes, controlled the multiverse. And so it was his plan to take them out so that he could rule over time and stop himself from ever becoming a mortis. And these Avengers were put together to stop him. And it was like, again, you talk about the different looks of characters and stuff, not only going through different ethnicities and different orientations, but also the looks from different time periods in this book. He's just fantastic. My opinion, this is his opus. This is his masterpiece in the world of comics.
1: But then he does really weird, like, fun stuff, like the the side bit self-insert, the Carlos Pork chopo in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, like, which is basically himself dressed up in a Doctor Doom cosplay trying to figure out a story <laughs> to do. He does the big and the beautiful, but then can also do weird and funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, also in his Fantastic Four run, he worked in some sight gags on the editorial team by drawing them as goofy little characters in the book as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like It just seemed always like there was true joy. And what I saw evolve about his style when I go through, if you go through sort of search all in marvel limited for his work it is like he evolves with the company in terms Mm. of their focus and definitely some of the things once you get into the mcu era definitely more cinematic while he wasn't the first to draw nick furious sam jackson he's probably one of the best at it in that while the body was still clearly not the body of 70 80 plus year old man yeah the the face is definitely more and it's not photoreal but it's probably one of the more expressive kind of showing what one of the reasons why you would want to have an actor like sam jackson be your model for nick fury
0: right of course of course yes yes
1: the the beleaguered purveyor profanity and yeah. Barker of Orders, if you will, like the, this one of his face where it's just, you don't need to read the words to know that he's wearing. <laughs> it's, it's just a what the whatever. There's some stuff in the Ultimates run and then later on Captain America where you're getting like, this feels like movie storyboards. Right. No, so totally. as the company was shifting into. We're lining things up more with the things that we're bringing in and things that we're featuring or things they are making more money in the movies. His art style was definitely something that if I was a fan that had come in the other direction through the movies but was starting to check out comic books, his books would probably feel the most like, this is what I'm expecting visually. Whether it mm-hmm. was that some characters looked even more like the actors that they were being portrayed by, but also that the energy was definitely more, this is uh slow-mo from a movie shot captured in a panel
0: yeah and now in the late 90s into the 2000s after the avengers forever stuff he did a run on uh fantastic four which originally was supposed to be him writing and drawing it and he brought on uh his friend Raphael Merin to help write the series with him, but the English was a second language to both of them. So a lot of people felt that the writing was, um, was very clunky. And so editorial kind of brought Jeff Loeb in to work on the book as well. And some were hoping that eventually it would be like Jeff Loeb writing and Carlos Pacheco doing the art, but Carlos really wanted to remain as at least plotting the stories. And unfortunately that editorial team just didn't make it work with Carlos and uh carlos would then be taken off that book
1: wow a collaboration with jeff love not working out <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man I, the, I don't think carlos was the problem <laughs> now at the same time in 2003 pacheco and Buziek would team up again to release their career own title aerosmith which was not about the band but was a reimagining of world war one in a world where Magic and dragons are real. And so they're basically like this team of magicians with dragon counterparts fighting in the war. And it's a lot of fun. It's gorgeous. Yeah.
1: Actually. Yeah. Like my answer for best art is based on my own personal feelings about Professor Charles Xavier. But really, (laughs) Aerosmith is where he got to sort of do everything he ever wanted. All in all at once, to your point. There's dragons, there's Detail on the little Prussian helmets is just—I mean—terrible era, but the fits, they could—they could wear some outfits. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. just
0: World the, War One had some great fashion. That's yeah. what you're the
1: the OG series of anything. It showed almost their exuberance in getting to work on their own title outside of the bigs. Yeah, because just every panel is just bursting with details colors background people like i don't know how much time those would have taken to draw like they're just they're very busy but they're very beautiful there's a little oh, yeah. more i think restraint in the second run and maybe it's because at this point he wasn't already doing that well or it might be just sort of like a maturity thing of I don't have to put everything in every panel yeah, yeah. and still tell the story, but they're both like, they're gorgeous, like truly beautiful. And there's only like, I think six issues in each run. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah. So with the success of Aerosmith and Avengers forever and his time on Fantastic Four, at this point, Carlos was established as a superstar artist in the industry. And of course, that's when the other side starts calling. So of course in 2005, he makes the jump over to DC. He gets to work on Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, and work with Buzik again on Buzik's 2006-2007 run. Now the thing that's really cool here is that they told this story called Camelot Falls, where Superman is faced, of course, with a, you know, a, an unstoppable force he hasn't met before. And I remember reading the series and it was a lot of fun, but then a few issues would go by and then suddenly no Carlos and Buziak was very adamant that the Camelot Falls story had to be told by Carlos's art, but Carlos had trouble keeping up with the 12 issues a year workload. So instead of DC just going, okay, well write, keep writing the story with these other artists, Buziak fought for, let me write fill-in issues with other artists in between That have nothing to do with this main story so that Carlos can finish the story. And so that's what happened. And so Buziak did a bunch of different fill-in issues and the Camelot Falls stuff would come out when it could. And it finally finished in 2008 in Superman annual number 13. I thought Buziak and Pacheco had such like a beautiful bond as creators, in my opinion. Like when it comes, you look at different creative teams because there's a limited amount of stuff that Pacheco did. Not a lot of people look at the fact that Buziak and Pacheco were actually like a great tandem team. They kind of had the same wonder in their eye. You know what I mean?
1: Definitely. The desire to play with different art styles and storytelling styles and put them together. Like it was probably almost like the opposite of the energy he had working with Lope. like just in terms of, I get you, you get me. Like when we put things together, it's, the perfect compliment to what we're both good at
0: and yeah they've created some great stuff and the camelot falls storyline and superman a lot of people like it's one that people have slept on i think people should definitely go back and look maybe we'll eventually we'll do it on the show here now in february 2009 carlos makes the jump back to marvel and signs an exclusive at that time and that's when he starts working on ultimate comics avengers as you brought up with the uh the very much the Samuel Jackson got the swear face look going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he really captured a lot of great stuff in Ultimate Comics Avengers. He got to work as part of the team on the Age of Ultron story, which was originally was supposed to just be one artist. I can't remember the artist now. They ended up making a collaborative team where a bunch of artists came on and he got to work on that. And then, of course, his last big, I think, contribution to Marvel comics has to be in 2013 on his Captain America run with Rick Remender, where he got to design the Sam Wilson Captain America, which was featured in Falcon and the Winter Soldier at the end there. He's made his longstanding mark on Captain America right there with the Sam Wilson Captain America costume, which I think looks pretty cool.
1: And again, does great black people. Like the Sam Wilson has come off looking very strange in some books Mm. in a way but this is even before he gets into his new fit in the falcon stuff some of the prettiest kind of looking falcon but still in terms of face and body this looks like a different human it doesn't just look like steve but painted black and Mm. like a poor attempt at an afro the uh, differences in like even the body type where he's a bit more agile and when he's sort of stretched out in kind of fly mode the everything from like the way the toes point to the way he angles his body in a panel so you get like a perfect kind of shot of everything from like the cowl to the wings in the back it's so loving it's so loving
0: yeah well i remember that i think it's like a double page spread reveal shot when he's first in the captain america outfit and he's kind of coming out like it's almost like Sam Wilson's a bit bashful in the moment and that's kind of captured on his face. And uh, yeah, I remember looking at that art going, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. I didn't think, cause in my head, it was always like, Oh, well, if you become Captain America, you just put on the Captain America outfit. And with this, it was like, Oh no, we're going to give him his own style. He's not going to have the cowl. He's going to look like the Falcon as Captain America. Like, you know, it's like an upgrade, you know, sort of thing. like, here is the Falcon. Now here he is Captain America. It's still his style. This is how he does Captain America, which I thought was pretty cool. And there is a bit of ruching
1: around a couple of parts of the body, including the neck and the torso, not as much as in the physical suit, which many people complained about. But it does show that this is a outfit bit built for a different kind of fighting and flying and needing to have a little more give and movement. And yeah. it, it looks like it's not just, well, I mean, on the body, it, it does look like it's still painted on. He's definitely surely busting out those pants. Again, thank you, Carlos.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> but I will agree with you. I will agree yeah. with you before I, you talked about the boots because with make that, a boot. Uh-uh. yeah, with that, with the Falcon, with the Sam Wilson Captain America, great boots. If you go back to Avengers forever, like just looking at the cover. Look at all the boots in this. <laughs> I know. Work. Boots. <laughs> the boots are booting. So if yeah. you're a boot fetishist, yeah. go back and look at Carlos's <laughs> art because he gives you what you want. Definitely. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. He- Hawkeye's got some boots in one of the stories. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice. It's really nice. Oh,
0: my God. Now, as the years go by in the teens here, he's working less and less. But in his last year on this planet some some stuff got released that uh, you know like a lot of people were excited about again the as you mentioned the sequel to aerosmith aerosmith behind enemy lines was released this year to a bunch of great critical acclaim and looks just as good as the first one but as you mentioned a bit more subdued not draw everything more just like yeah. focus on yeah instead of a hundred on
1: background moment. in every panel there's like 20
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, tones it down a bit. Goes back to, yeah. you know, mortal men's numbers. Yeah. 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 And so there was that, which is a great send up. was probably one of the last full comics he did. And then his last cover was for Damage Control Volume 4, Number 2, which came out, I believe, in October or September, featuring the Ant-Man and the Wasp. And Tom Brevoort is like, if I hadn't known, I would have had him do a better Comic, like, 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 yeah. Uh, if I knew something that, more it, prominent. It, this is last cover. Saying,
1: yeah, it's my last cover, but I do kind of love it. Also, made me want a burrito, but also like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the the detail and the movement and and one of the most fun things about Amanda and the Wasp is like the part of us as children that love seeing like little people, big things. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now of Carlos's death, Tom said this, Carlos kept quiet about the extent of what he was dealing with until the end when there was no way to avoid it. So most of the folks at Marvel, including myself, were shocked and surprised to learn he was on his deathbed only a day or so before he passed his final act to donate his organs so that other people might benefit from them. That's kind of, it's kind of sweet that even to the end, like this, This guy seemed like a giver. And at the end, you know, donating the organs and whatnot. He's definitely one of those guys that it very much feels like in the world of comics. Nobody has a bad thing to say about him. They just seem like, yeah, no, he was he was a good guy. He seemed like seemed like to be like a good all round guy, like a guy you could talk to, guy you could have fun with, but also a guy who would do the right thing. And his
1: art. And I think he even did a couple of those like silent month issues in terms of show. Don't tell more than many other artists especially when you're dealing with a lot going on visually which is always happening in all those big crossover or avengers or x-men books he worked on you could just tap through Mm. or flip through and get the story from the art it's so visually expressive but then so much fun but I would again often pause it at a page and just think how long does this take? There's there's one just almost feels like a throwaway panel in one of the runs where he does like a take on an Escher thing so you have a bunch of your characters like going on like different kind of planes within it's not even a big panel mm-hmm. it's like one of like a small one on the page I'm just like sir I love that you're doing too much it's this is gorgeous it's the kind of art that makes me remember why a, I really love comic books sometimes just as a way to escape and as a storytelling device, but then also you can use pictures to tell really good stories. And the, there's always discourse around comic books and comic movies and whatever, but I defy anyone to look at any of his runs and say that this isn't an art form.
0: Yeah. I really think if you're somebody who doesn't know too much about Carlos Pacheco, I'd say definitely check out Avengers Forever, his Ultimate Comics Avengers, Captain America, Aerosmith.
1: Aerosmith, especially because it's creator-owned. So yeah. his his estate, Kurt will get some
0: coins from that. Yeah. And also, yeah. I I also say check out uh, his, uh, his Captain America run, Superman run. Definitely check him out. All right, well. We've come to the end of another episode of Back Issue Bloodbath. This actually being the first episode of 2023. Exciting times! I didn't bring that up at the beginning because I felt it'd be kind of weird when we're talking about somebody that we're revering. But yeah, this is the first one. We're kicking off another great season, and uh, Petula, you're you're along for the ride.
1: This is the longest I've kept a job ever. Maybe because I'm not getting paid. That's why it's worked out. I don't know.
0: <laughs> you're getting paid with experience. <laughs> getting paid in the gift of time with you well that's sweet that's actually really nice thank you yeah i enjoy our time too
1: i'm sober right now listeners so who knew there, you go. Me. there yeah. you go there you go
0: see there's hope for you yet all right but anyways where can people find you at hf.com on
1: twitter and hive at obesa contavit o-b-e-s-a-c-a-n-t-a-v-i-t and here with you
0: And, of course, you can find everything I do over at GeekCardShow.com. Follow me on Twitter at GeekCard. Follow this very show at Back Issue Bloodbath on Facebook uh, where we post a new episode every week. And, of course, you know if you want to make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. And then spread the good word. Let people know. Like, put out there. Share episodes on your social media. Tell friends. Have fun. Read comics. This has been Back Issue Bloodbath. I've been Andrew Young.
1: I've been Petunio.
0: Have yourself a good...